tengo Give me a second, let me air it out Click, clack, bang, I'ma clear it out Givenchy, I'ma wear it out Phone can't ping, don't compare my route And uh, call me the GOAT Price going up, better have my quote I should be celebrated, let me grab my float And I stay getting brain from a misty throat Now, Barbarini fettuccine on my plate for dinner Niggas can't see me, I'm Houdini And it's just a glimmer of what I have in store Furthermore, ain't no beginner Who's the dopest of them all? Let me ask my mirror, mirror Huh, big ego, my ancestors so regal Rootin' for all my people They try to oppress but we thread the needle Huh, this a redo Navigation on a clear view Stop killing each other, we the same hue From the same blocks, nigga, from the same stoops <laughs> Let me pick up with a flow that can hold you like stick-ups Beep, beep, a small setback, a hiccup But now I'm back like a season Summer with the heat, heat, heat 2020 full of new growth Stay packed with a new flow <laughs> Ain't these other niggas you know they never lead a block and I'm flying out of Heathrow Oh, here he go, on top like a CEO Danger, call it Mr. Cole and different folks Don't wanna see you moving up different strokes Am I visible? Better than any mini miney mo Here for the gold C3PO Ghost gave me the beat just to hear me gloat uh. Can you hear me now? Get back, get back to it, right back to it Came out the flames, going right back through it Bet this a bop soon as I debut it Never will I stop, nigga, thought you knew it If you left my side, you blew it If you counted me out, you stupid Clarity, nigga, no confusion Get back, get back, cause the heat I'm brewing Is a, huh, hard to get Wait till you hear this whole new shit Just reloaded my new clip Feeling this bias, this a whole pit Church, Sunday service Can't judge a book by what's on this surface I'm so quiet I should make you nervous Send out a PSA, nigga, this here's urgent uh. Can you hear me now? Uh. Can you hear me now? This thing on? Can you hear me now? Uh. Can you hear me now? Yeah! What's good? It's your boy Hollywood, and we back. Hollywood and Friends here every Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Appreciate you for tuning in, however you're tuning in. As the name of the podcast says, Hollywood and Friends. And every so often, I'm going to have some friends on board. If This might not be your first time tuning in. I got somebody back who has been here a few times already. My boy, Rel. What's good, Rel? How you doing? What's good? What's good? Hey, young world. Hey, young world. What it is, what it is. So um, if it's your first time tuning in, what we get into over here is the things that's hot in these blogs, the things that might have had us in the chokehold for the week. We're going to address some things. Um, first things, I'm going to tell you what those things are that we're chopping it up about for this week. Monique, she did an interview with Shannon Sharp and his club Shay Shay. This is becoming a real popular sit down place for people to go to and it kind of like takes off uh cat williams was like one of the first ones out of all of his guests that kind of like went super viral and now here we are at monique i feel like she's gonna be following in that cat williams footprint of the viralness of her interview we're gonna chop it up about that 
And today is Super Bowl Sunday, if you care. And uh, we're going to chop it up about that. And the main thing that I care about is Usher and his Super Bowl halftime show. We're going to talk about that, some predictions, what songs we might think Usher's going to do, special guests he might bring out, you know, that sort of thing. And if you're into the Super Bowl, Grail is here to discuss who's playing and why he cares who may win or not win. <laughs> uh, what else we talk about? Speaking of the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey was in the blogs uh, this week. And it's because, not because of the game, but because um who is it new york times i almost forgot who exactly said it new york times did an article article that was basically saying travis scott was like revolutionizing the fade haircut and that he was like reinventing it and making it so popular that barbers around the world was being bombarded with requests for it travis kelsey um what did i say because i I do that a lot where i'll be saying like names that's not the name (laughs) I said Travis Scott. Wow. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So we're going to chop it up about that and how the New York Times basically played themselves. Whoever was the one that wrote that article. Uh, What else we talk about? So last week was the Grammys and we all have been talking about Jay-Z's speech about, you know, the unfairness etc that goes on with the grammys and he mentioned his wife beyonce and was basically saying the math ain't mathin she's the most awarded artist she never won album of the year people had like mixed feelings about it but that brought to me like um, a bigger question and a bigger discussion so we're gonna get into that and we got what blows mine Later on, that's the part where we say we'll get under our skin, works our nerves, but we're going to kick it off how we always do. And that's with the question of the week. This week's question of the week, which actor crushed the role so hard that nobody else should ever redo it? Which actor crushed the role so hard that nobody else should ever redo it? I'm going to read some responses from the internet. On uh, Instagram, Kim Hawthorne coaching said Denzel, Malcolm X. Tashington said Jamie Foxx as Ray Charles. Soul Improvement 85 says Lawrence Fishburne as Ike Turner and Angela Bassett as Tina Turner. Fashion Pursuits says Jennifer Lopez and Selena. Uh, June Marlett something something said Denzel in training day he made me so mad at his character so I guess he did his job lol uh love you love said Chadwick Boseman as James Brown he ate that role up you know I don't think I ever seen that movie I gotta watch that I think I missed that that was one of the ones that I like wanted to see and I don't think I ever ever watched it I gotta check that out uh Peacock Buddha said Monique and Precious uh Shets Trebby 757 said Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow. Um Powerballin59 said Val Kilmore as Doc Holiday and Tombstone. Unfamiliar. <laughs> Corey Smith Art said uh RDJ as Tony Stark. Akon Richardson as Reacher. Ben Affleck as Batman. 
Another comment organized to chaos says Steve Harris, aka Charles, in Diary of a Mad Black Woman. We still dislike his after more than a decade. I guess maybe she meant to say still dislike his ass. I don't know. Uh, Rel, which actor crushed the role so hard that nobody else should redo it? What say you? Well, mine was actually one of the ones you've already uh, mentioned, mentioned, which was the and all of them, um, or many of them, I agree with, but definitely Denzel uh, Training Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel is one of my favorite uh, male actors, like the best. He's like the top of my list. I feel like there is really no role that Denzel can't play. Right. Uh, he captures the role very well. He engulfs in the character. Um, uh, he just throws himself in and he becomes the character. And so, yeah, he's an excellent actor in my eyes. He could do no wrong. But yeah, definitely training day. Uh, definitely, as someone said, pointed out, uh, Angela Bassett and Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, Jamie Foxx uh, as Ray Charles. Like all of those are iconic roles that these uh, actors played, and I think they did a magnificent, magnificent job. And I don't think anyone could come behind them uh, to do. Right. Right. I agree. And I agree with you and the other commenters with uh, Denzel and Training Day. I, I can't see anybody else um, doing that. Um, even the Equalizer series, how Denzel does what he does in those, I, I don't really see. It wouldn't give the same thing, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So that's what I'll say. Um yeah, so if we get any more responses throughout the show, I will read them. But let's get ready to get into what's hot in these blogs. First things first, Monique, Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp has now cemented itself, I would say, as one of those places that you go to, you want to be seen, and he got the viewers. And if them ads that I see on YouTube have anything to do with it, he's definitely doing numbers because those ads are like the longest ads I've ever seen on YouTube videos. It's like, (laughs) am I watching Hulu or what? Because normally it's like 10 seconds and then five of that seconds in, they'd be like, do you want to skip? Not on Club Shay Shay. (laughs) Them shits are like a minute and a half and you can't skip it. And I'm like, what, what are we doing here? So fast shouts to Shannon Shop because you're doing something right that YouTube feels the need to put hour-long ads on your videos. But I digress. We're talking about Monique and her sit-down. I think this is probably going to be up in the same area as the Cat Williams interview. Cat Williams interview, I think, is sitting right now, last time I checked, at like 58 million views and it's been only a month or a little less than a month monique is currently sitting at 10 million views and it's only been four days so it's, it's moving on up and why because monique has some things to get off her chest we already know a lot of the major things that she was gonna touch on right the oprah winfrey and tyler perry issue that she had with them that long-standing situation um, she also talked about Kevin Hart. That was something that was new and surprising to me. She talked about um, Tiffany Haddish. 
And she just talked about the, the plight of what she had to go through being who she is. Heavy set black woman in film and the disrespect that may come along with that, right? So what are some of the standout things for you? Well, I guess I, I could set it up like this. So starting right off with the uh, Oprah and um, Tyler Perry and that issue she has with them and basically wanting them to, what she say, take accountability for how she feels they've wronged them. Um, what, what was your takeaway from that, bro? Uh, I had a lot of takeaways, actually. <laughs> you could dive. You uh, could dive in it too. Like, don't let's let me, see. Like, let's see. You could dive so, in. So, well, first off, I must be honest. Like, when this first came about, the issue that is. I kind of, and I must apologize to Monique because I kind of, I didn't hear her, right? I, I wasn't listening to mm-hmm. her. Uh, I would get snippets like of, you know, like what she said, because I'm one of those people. I really, honestly, I don't care because it's not my life, right? <laughs> right. Um, it's not my life. So I don't really, really follow uh, these celebrities and and the things that they're going through and what they're experiencing. Uh, so I didn't really get a whole, you know, lot into or dive deep into what was happening. However, and and I kind of I can I can say I I may have you know joined the bandwagon with oh well Monique must be feeling some kind of way maybe she's bitter da 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 you know I kind of joined in that I must say and I apologize for that but this go around I took the time to listen to her and listening is important right. Mm-hmm. So I, and I heard her, we as individuals have, I'm sure, been in experiences and situations where we've been wronged or we felt wronged by an individual or entity or organization of some sort. Mm-hmm. It is not wrong for us to feel like we want that individual who has wronged us to take accountability for wronging us. What I can say, she has, every time she tells a story, the story is the same. It does not change. Right. It does not change. And this has been years now. It does not change. It does not veer off. You don't hear something new. Um, you may gain clarity, right? Uh, because she may go in a little deeper and go in a little deeper into the story story and tell you some things that you're like, oh, okay. This go round when I listen to her. And of course, she spoke about the Taraji Henson situation and, mm-hmm. you know, comparing the two because we as the people viewing this from the outside, we're like, oh, well, this is the same thing she was saying uh, that Taraji saying that Monique said. And we question, well, why was it why was it accepted? Why were people rallying behind Taraji so and they didn't rally behind her? What she pointed out was very interesting to me. She pointed out two things. She said that one, she named names, meaning Monique. Monique right. named names. She called individuals out. Right. 
Taraji, however, didn't call anyone out. And I had said that even before Monique said that. I said, okay, well, there's, there's one thing is Taraji didn't mention any names. And Taraji presented it as if it was more so about the people coming behind her. Yes, she was wrong, but she she's bringing this out because she doesn't want anybody else to be affected like she was affected. When Monique presented it, she called names, and it may not have appeared as though she was really concerned about the people coming behind us. But we know Monique always be like, my babies, like, you guys are my babies, and I love my babies. So we know that there is an interest for people coming <laughs> behind her. She then also pointed out that Taraji cried and broke down. So that appeared to the people. And we, 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 those of us who are compassionate, that tugs at our hearts, right? We see a woman crying like, oh my gosh, she's hurt. She's really, really hurt. What can we do to mend the hurt? However, when Monique presented this, there was no crying, right? She had her shoulders back. She had her head up, her chin up, and she was strong. So we may have perceived that as her being cocky or arrogant and like, oh, well, she don't seem like bothered, but that doesn't mean that she wasn't hurt. That doesn't yeah. mean that she wasn't affected, right? And how we, the, the lens in which we viewed it. So again, I'm taking this in now and I'm like, well, yeah, that doesn't diminish the fact that both of them were speaking out against something that they were affected by. And yet we, we judged saying, oh, was she okay? You know, she, didn't, she wasn't crying, she wasn't broken, she wasn't hurt, but she said she refused to be broken. She refused to be hurt and to display that right, for the world to see, because she's a strong woman. She's a strong woman, and she's just pointing out the fact that these individuals, these entities wronged her. Yeah. Next, the next thing that I agree with her in, in terms of truth-telling, right, I think that we all, this world would be a better place if we could just deal with the truth. But my mother always told me that the truth hurts, and people don't like the truth because the truth can be uncomfortable. Right. For people. Apparently, the truth is uncomfortable for people. For your 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 top these billionaires, right? Your Oprah's, your Tyler Perry's, who can't even acknowledge what they've done. They may acknowledge it behind closed doors, but can't publicly acknowledge it. And yeah. so she just wants accountability. She wants account. She wants people to to take accountability for their actions and what they've done, and I I totally agree with that. Like you, if I'm telling the truth, we 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 need to stand in truth. My mother used to say that a lie will go further than the truth, and that's because it sounds so juicy. That it's 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 so it sounds better in the ear. We're gonna believe that before we because the truth is boring. Right. She would say the truth, the truth is boring to a lot of people. So it, it doesn't sound good. But if we add a little something to it or we leave a little something off, that makes it more interesting. And then we'll go along with that. We can we can rally behind that lie. Yeah. So like, my my, my question ahead. is, why not? You know, oh, go ahead. My question is, why not? Why can't. Again, if. And not to say that they're religious, right? Oprah and, and Tyler, but they speak a lot about spirituality. They speak a lot about the good and people and, the, and, and people's character and so forth. 
Tyler Perry has gone on um, John Olstein, who is a pastor who has this huge, huge following. And we, if you are one of those spiritual people as I am, the, the word, which I call it the Bible tells you, if you have wronged your brother and or sister, go to them and make it right. And she, she speaks about that a lot in the interview, making it right. Making it right means taking accountability, acknowledging what you've done. So if you can't make it right with Monique and going to her and making it right, because you can't say, if, if you think I hurt you, that's not an apology. The individual has told you how you hurt them. So you have to be specific in your apology. I can't blank and say, oh, H, if you think I hurt you, I'm sorry. Yeah. What are you going to say? That's a, and that's say? a common thing like, that a lot of people take issue with when, when people are apologizing. And you, you can't start it with the, if I, if, if I did something to offend you, it's like, no, you know, they feel you did something to offend them. So that's like a common thing that no one should say when apologizing. If I or whatever, but um, to, to your other point with what she was saying regarding Taraji didn't name names and in general, Monique was saying that's the issue a lot of people took with, with her being a messenger because she named names and she was on some like, like how dare you say our like heroes names, et cetera. So that's why a lot of people didn't take what she was saying at the time, despite her having this recording she says she's had she has where she says Tyler owned up and and basically said that he made up whatever and she wants him to say that I guess publicly and a lot of people are just focusing on the fact that she recorded him and how it's illegal in certain states for you to record conversations without people knowing versus the fact of what she's saying he actually said on the recording and she's basically saying tyler cost her like millions of dollars she she was making x amount of millions per year and once it came out that she was so-called difficult to work with who's going to want to work with somebody that they feel is difficult to work with so she felt he cost her money and she wants him to you know take accountability and she wants to be pay in a nutshell she wants tyler to cut the check and <laughs> to like you know make up for the the money she lost at what she says is at the expense of his words right and we didn't hear the tape but she sent it to a few different people who have vouched that that's what they heard on this tape so we could only go by what what they're saying and is is definitely right. it wouldn't is not right if 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 you are if you have taken accountability on the call to her privately, then I think it shouldn't be nothing for you to do it publicly. And I agree with you. That's the same way she was feeling like with with Oprah, but she even went further with Oprah and saying that she pointed out other instances where she feels Oprah like what she called overstepped and like did things regarding having her parents on her show was one of the things, but also she said, even when Oprah came on as producer for certain projects, like, uh, what was it? Empire. She said she Empire. was offered to play cookie on empire. 
for the butler. She was offered that. And according to Monique, she's saying that Oprah basically cut that off for her. And it's that's that's is is yikes if if that's really what happened from the outside looking in. I mean, we can only take Monique's word for what she's saying, but it's kind of wild when you think about it. I mean, let's think about it. I think you mentioned this too. Um, that okay, somebody putting dirt on your name, right? Basically saying that uh, you're difficult to work with. <clears throat> these are powerful people in the industry. And so I believe, you know, the pow when you the powers to be that are in the industry, people are going to listen to what they say, right? Yeah. They feel like these people know best. And so if that was, if that did affect her, which in turn costs her money, her and her family money, then the only way to make that right is to cut her a check. Cut her a check. If that's if that's what happened, and then you've admitted, if according to Monique, mm -hmm. this was admitted over a phone call, and as you just said, she sent this recording of the phone call, the conversation to many people who've confirmed that it was admitted within the call. So if it's admitted within the call, that means it was done wrong. That means make it right. Cut her yeah. check. You're you're capable of cutting the check. Uh, yeah, because what, what was, was that add to? Come up to? I think it was like thirty something million dollars, okay. like thirty six million or something like that. Uh, when she did mention about like how much she would have been making, like the two million, I I believe, per project or something, two to three million per per project. Yeah. So I I think it equated to like either twenty four to thirty six million, something like that. I do want to say something real quick. Yeah. There is there is a tape out there with Tyler Perry's audio. It's been out actually for many years. Um, and he was not uh, aware that he was being recorded, which I'm kind of torn on that, about him not being aware of that, even though it's legal for her to have recorded him. And I understand why she said she recorded him because she just wanted to have the proof just mm -hmm. in case people questioned her. But, right. you know, this is still a man that you're friends with and you're recording him without his knowledge. That's a little iffy in my book. But when you listen to the recording, honestly, when I first heard the recording, like I said, a few years ago, I actually was impressed with Tyler Perry because he came off as a man who genuinely wanted to make things right with Monique. The conversation okay. did go left. The, the conversation did go left. And it's <laughs> it's available on YouTube uh, because the story is out again. People have reposted this conversation. Now, I hope you all can listen to it because I'm really trying to hear in that conversation, Tyler Perry directly say that he stopped or told people to not work with Monique. I didn't quite hear that from him. What I heard from okay. him was, what I heard was a man saying that it was difficult to help produce the movie Precious. And yes, Monique was a part of that difficulty in terms of her not wanting to do the press, et cetera. But he in essence was saying he just did not have a good experience. Uh, producing that film. And in conversation with people about it, he did say, yeah, that was a difficult experience. Now, 
I guess with him saying that implies that right. it's difficult to work with Monique, but I don't know if there's more to this conversation. There, mm-hmm. you know, there may be parts of the conversation that has not been made public. Maybe he did say something directly. And like you all are saying, uh, maybe Monique shared that part of the conversation with people uh, that she's doing interviews with. But with what I heard that the public has heard, I'm just hearing a man that was frustrated during that time and he may have grouped her in that because of that frustration and he's just trying to make it right. And I actually kind of felt bad for him because he's sitting here trying to make things right with Monique and her husband. And yes, I understand their side of things. They're hurt. They're losing money. And they kind of went after him on that. But I, I, I don't I don't know if there's a true villain in that situation. It's just a matter of how can we make this right? And they just couldn't come to that uh, agreement. And But I, I do think that Monique expected Tyler to back her up publicly and he didn't do that. And I think that has also rubbed her in the wrong way. So, you know, we're just dealing with people in their relationships and, you know, Tyler may, has a right, as people say, to change his mind. He may have thought about it and said, you know, I don't know if I fully agree with everything, and he really may not agree with it now because he was recorded without his knowledge. So, <laughs> but he you know. did acknowledge that what happened to her was wrong, right? And right? and that mm. may be what that may be what she's really trying. Yeah, you know, but I did I did. But people are running with this thing of he admitted to uh, blackballing her or telling people not to work with her. I didn't quite hear that, but like I said, maybe I need to hear it again, mm. or maybe there's something missing. But yeah, but he did admit that what happened to her in terms of. I guess uh, uh, missed opportunities, or 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 even her not wanting to go promote the film. I think he agreed with her. Like what she did was not wrong, or whatever. Like he he. In other words, he agrees with her wanting to get paid fairly. And but in the conversation, this is again why I feel like Tyler's a great a good dude. He was actually trying to give her tips on how to better her career, how to get back on top. So, you know, he he was not coming at all with any kind of, uh, you know, a shade or, or, you know, trying to stop, stop her bag or stop her career. He was actually trying to help her. But, you know, I guess just in terms of communication or and he also has his own relationships that he has to protect because he because she did ask him about Oprah. And he's like, look, I can't speak for Oprah. And that's one of his close friends. So, you know, there's just a lot of sensitivity there. But just wanted to point that out just for those who may be listening who did hear uh, that audio. But th- that's my thought on it. But hopefully you you guys can hear it and maybe come back and talk about I it. Definitely. I definitely would love to hear it. I, I I agree with what you said, though, and listening and being able to listen to that to kind of gather whether or not that was directly said uh, or not. But when you mentioned maybe people are taking it, in fact, that it was implied that she was difficult, kind of, kind of saying, blanketly saying, like, it was difficult producing it kind of implies and her being a part of the production and so forth and because the conversation is with her kind of implies that she was difficult too you know we hear different right. things yeah. exactly right yeah and and we don't know how like how far he may have gone in those conversations you know they may have asked for more you know who, who you know how people talk you know he may have yeah. just 
given some stuff, but yeah, I, but I, overall, I just got the impression that that was just a difficult experience for Tyler. And like you said, he, it, it just may have implied Monique and he just didn't clear that up and maybe she's expecting that. Yeah. 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 Um, someone pointed out like, um, 50 cent even said, um, even if Tyler never said directly, don't work with Monique, him also not saying to work with her says a lot too. I agree. And I agree with that as well. I agree with sure. that as well. Because again, you're <laughs> a prominent figure in the industry. Yeah. And so what you say and or don't say can be a problem. And I think that's the angle in which Monique too is coming from. Like, even if he didn't directly say or tell anyone not to work with her, him not saying also that she's okay to work with is still a hindrance because she's yeah. worked with them, right? So yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well. There was something else that Stacey brought up too that uh, she talked about in terms of, what was it? Um, oh, and I was gonna say it, I was, it, it hit my mind as soon as she, she mentioned it. Mm. Was it, oh, pro relationships to protect, right? She kind of talked about that, right? Where we would be, a lot of us are scared to say things that we feel are going to hinder us in our plight, right? And what we're doing on our end. And so even if we know the truth about something, we won't say it. She kind of displayed that even in the interview with Shannon, where she would say, well, Shannon, well, what did you say? What, what do you think? And Shannon was kind of reluctant to say because he may feel like this may, you know, either tarnish a relationship that he may either try to build or, you know, try to bring about. So he was very careful in how he responded to a lot of the things that Monique would bring about. And I don't know, I, I felt torn between that because I do feel, again, it goes back to truth. If what I'm saying is gonna be the truth, and I understand everybody has their own quote unquote truths, right? Or what they consider to be the truth. But if what I'm saying for me is the truth for me in terms of a response to what I feel is happening and it happens to involve the powers that be, I can't be afraid to voice that. If I say that I am a spiritual person who believes in God, and I believe that what's for me is for me and there is no man that can take that away or that can hinder what's for me, then I'm standing on truth. And I'm, I'm standing behind the God that I know who's going to protect me. I'm not standing behind man because man is fickle. Man will switch out on you in a minute. So I, <clears throat> I can't trust that, but I know I can trust one. And that's my, my father in heaven who created me to protect me from any wrongdoing. So I feel like truth is all that I can stand on at the end of the day. And right. with her expressing that saying, that's what, that's all she wants is truth. She has to tell the truth. That's it. right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, why a lot of people don't speak up and come forward when, when they're wronged or they just take the disrespect, whatever way it may be coming at them. And they just feel like, you know, I gotta, 
I got to feed my family. I got to keep this job. So I'm going to just take it. I'm going to just, you know, but Monique is standing on, standing on business as they say these days, standing on business. And like, she just wants to be treated like fairly and equally. Like when this whole thing first came out, she says she completed all of her contractual obligations for that movie up like she did everything she needed to do the issue only came up once they wanted her to do something that she wasn't scheduled to do and they wasn't trying to pay her to do it and it's like how y'all looking at her sideways for not wanting to work for free in a nutshell like which just because this big company now took it over and now they want her to go across sea it's like and the only compensation was, oh, we'll send you to what she said, Paris or something. She she gave some 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 vacation they were trying to offer her and an upgrade to her room. And it's like, I still gotta feed my family. Like this, this is not what I was contractually obligated to do. And now all of a sudden, all of this comes out. And it's like, that's that's not right. That's not right. And she expecting people like with the big names, like the Oprah's and Tyler's and stuff, to I guess. I guess have her back more in that, but it kind of just all went south and left. And now we got this beef, well, so to say, <laughs> with again, them. Again, it, it goes back to relationships. Those people felt like their relationships with the other entities were more important it's, than yeah, it was seen, that yeah. relationship with, with Monique, essentially. Yeah. Right. As, as well. So, um, the like even I, I don't want to stay on this too much longer, but the Kevin Hart part, um, that was surprising to me. And and that comes into thought of it seems like if if what Monique is saying is is true, it comes off as Kevin's management, who was um a white man, I, I understand it, was like making decisions for Kev in a sense. And maybe overstepping or maybe getting in Kevin air even on some like, nah, that's not going to be good business to work with her. Cause he made a, a one-on-one agreement with her for what he was planning to do with her. And then all of a sudden that fizzled and then she hasn't dead heard from him. You know, it's like, <laughs> who, it was, who was behind that? Was the people, you know, um, someone pointed out it's likely back to the business relationships again, but it's like exactly at some point you got to have like some, I guess, integrity and just like being able to like stand on on stuff so that it doesn't happen m- more into other people in the future. Like I agree. Yeah. Especially in that case, in that case, where that had, according to Monique, uh, we don't know what that conversation was like, but according to her, and of course, we haven't heard from uh, Kevin Hart Mm -hmm. as to the, the uh, interworking of that conversation. But according to Monique, like you said, he agreed upon some things to work with her on and said that his people will be in touch. Well, you got in touch and it was a no-brainer it was a done deal mm-hmm. and she heard from his management in terms of that and so yeah. you're right and it comes a, a thing where you got to stand on my mother said your word is your bond so you got to stand on your word you you gave monique a word 
if this is true, you gave money to words and on the word. But again, it goes back to business relationships. That management felt like that's not a good look. That's not going to be good for business. And at the end of the day, it's about your overall business, the bottom line. Yeah. And that business relationship was more important. Um, Monique, um, someone pointed out, Monique recorded Tyler, probably really burnt that bridge. If there was ever a moment for him to come out and support her, the recording likely destroyed that possibility. And Tyler mentors Kevin. Um, I didn't know that that uh, that Tyler mentors Kevin, but that definitely could play a that part in why that happened that way. Um, but to to the point of how uh, Lee Daniels. So what you would say, Monique would say, made it right. And he, you know, he apologized or whatever he did. And now they're back working together. They did a new film together and all of that. And it's like, can't we all just get along? Can we, can't we, We everything can be fixed at the end of the day. It can, I agree. what would it take for them to fix this? And for Monique, it's accountability on their end. And I don't know if it needs to be publicly or if they could sit down privately and do it, but I just think that they need to have a conversation because, come on, like, it's, it's no do. reason for this to linger on this long. Um, and Monique is doubling down, apparently, like, she she's on this tour now with Cat uh, Williams. She made that announcement that she's on this tour with Cat Williams, and she said people said she issued an apology on stage and then when you watch the video it's like oh shit. like i don't think this is really an apology i feel like she's doubling down so she said i was wrestling with myself today in that hotel because i knew i had to give an apology she said brother greg mathis i heard you i heard you stephen a smith when i have communicated something wrong i'm going to say sorry and i'm going to own what i said and people applaud and they like, yeah, come on. And then she said, Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry, I want to apologize for telling y'all to suck my, mm, because I forgot <laughs> to tell y'all to lick the nuts that came with them. Wow. What? <laughs> like, Monique, wow. what? what? <laughs> I, now, Tyler, Tyler ain't going to be so quick to get on this call now. <laughs> This you just double down. So it might we might we might need a couple of more months to pass for this to die down. And then maybe we could discuss fixing this. Cause after that, and I know when you're on stage, you know, you you the juice is going, you you feeling it. So and not literally, but you know, you 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 hype, you amped up. So you you're 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 gonna say things. And she was she she said well, that. <laughs> this, this this is what I think, and this is the last thing I'm uh, comment on it. This is what I think should happen. It's like at any times, I don't know, have you ever been at odds with a friend or not? And maybe there's a mutual friend between the two of you. And she pointed this out too in the interview. There's a mutual friend in, in between the two. There has to be a mediator, right? That's yeah. neutral. That yeah. sees both sides, right? And yeah. that can put it all into perspective. So, but both parties can hear, hear what, how the other has been affected. And then the two come together with that mediator to say, hey, 
this is what you, this is how you hurt this person. This is how you hurt the other person. And then we could come to a, an, agree, an agreement and make this right. But this has to be made right collectively. Yeah. I think that's the only way that we can do this. Otherwise, it's still a back and forth. It's a back and forth. And then we as the public on the outside looking in, all it is still is causing division. There are going to be some people that takes uh, Tyler's and Oprah's side. There are going to be some people that takes Monique's side. And so it's about seeing that two sides have been affected and seeing both sides and then getting the, each other to understand what has occurred and then yeah. agreeing to make it right. Yeah. And that's basically what she said happened with uh, T.S. Madison and her um, uh, fixing the relationship with her and Lee Daniels because T.S. Madison is cool with Lee Daniels. So they she made the call and then all is well. But at the same time, the people themselves got to be open to to fixing it. Because I've been true. in that situation, I'm sure you've been in that situation where you try to mediate, but the person that you're talking to is just so stuck and like, nah, F that, da-da-da, like, I ain't with it. They just not in that place to, to get there yet. So it, they got to be there as well. And because Monique mentioned people made calls to, uh, I want to say she meant to Tyler, right? That that knew him. I'm not sure if they. I'm and, not and sure she they said made, that. Oh yeah. She said that he said he he didn't want to revisit it or whatever. He didn't want. Right. Yeah. That was Tyler, yes, right? Yeah. Correct. So. Correct. I guess the people, the person, gotta be. In that willing and ready. Yeah, they gotta be willing. They gotta be ready, right? So. Yeah. Hopefully, one day, um, sooner than later, Tyler and Oprah are ready, and Monique is ready. And they could come to an agreement, and because it's it's beautiful magic to be made out here. Like with with Monique is a, a great actress; she's a, a funny comedian. Oprah does great work. Uh, Tyler does great work, and it's like we could just come together. Precious was so epic. Monique won a damn Oscar for it. That's a good uh, combination, right? So, like, I, let's just fix it. At the end of the day, let's, let's fix, fix it. it. Let's fix it. Day. That's how we're gonna end let's that in this Monique discussion. Let's fix it. Um, let's move on. Um, I actually wanted to start the podcast with this, but Monique was heavy on my mind. <laughs> nah, but uh, <laughs> it's Super Bowl Sunday, if you care. And um, I, I'm just here for Usher at the end of the day. Uh, I still, I'm, I feel salty, even still after all these years of how the NFL did Colin Kaepernick. And I still feel a way about it. I haven't forgotten. And if it was up to me, I would not watch, I don't care to watch the game. Like I so would I turn on the halftime show when it's time, or I will watch the halftime show on YouTube as I've done in the past. Um, so I'm just here to support how can we make it right with you? Let's and, talk and, about and the, the, the NFL. I'm I'm ready to make it right. Um, the NFL has not made it right with Colin. They've wronged him. And he is even last I've known, which was last year sometime, he's still in shape, ready and willing and present himself to teams. And people are like, yeah. you just spoke about these relationships, I guess, are bigger than that or the politics of it all. And they're not looking to give yep. him the time of day um yep. to do what he loves and 
is physically able to still do. He's, you know, he's still in top yeah. shape, shape. So top shape. until they write that, I'm going to feel the way I feel about the NFL. And, and Jay-Z being a part of it and, and that, um, the entertainment aspect and uh, whatever other aspect he's a part of it is not enough. As much of a fan I am of Hove, it's not enough for me to feel like, yeah, NFL. Like, nah, it's not. So they got to do right by 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 Colin. And until then, I, I can't I can't get jiggy with it. I can't get jiggy with it. So it's it's Team Usher for the night. But for those who care, I have Rail here. Who cares? And <laughs> no, no, it's not that I and and knows who's playing, and you know, you, so. Put the people on. What's going on tonight I for the mean, Super Bowl? It's not that I'm heavily invested. You know, I I I'm more of a basketball fan than I am football. However, I do I do watch a few games here and there. So yeah, that's what's up. That's how I know that it, it is the 49ers, uh, San Francisco 49ers, and the Kansas City Chiefs that are mm-hmm. battling today, battling it out for that that ultimate ultimate championship. Uh, I am aware that Mahomes. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, he's a quarterback for um, Kansas City Chiefs. They have won the Super Bowl before. And so you have a lot of individuals who are rooting for the underdogs. In this case, the underdogs would be the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And so people are rooting for the 49ers to to take this home and give, you know, many people look at it as give someone else a chance. Yeah, to, uh, to win the Super Bowl. I'm like that too. I'm like that too. If 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 ever there's a situation where it's an underdog to be rooted for, I'm I'm rooting for the underdog always. Um, by the time if you're listening to this podcast live, the game is probably about to kick off, or they just did kick off. Um, because it's around six thirty or so. Um, that's the kickoff time. Um, Yo, it's gonna be in two hours. It's, it's uh well by the time when we when this airs. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. This okay. um the the game the kickoff is six thirty. We air six. So okay. um right now if you're listening live, which probably too busy got the game on, but if you are listening live, <laughs> the kickoff likely just happened. But if you're listening to this on on YouTube or somewhere later, um it might not make that much sense to you, but um, Usher, let's talk about my man Usher. Usher is highly anticipated this this halftime show. This is going to be the longest halftime show in the history of the halftime shows. Normally, it's about 12 to 13 minutes and strict, a strict 12 to 13 minutes. Usher was able to negotiate an additional two minutes, so it's going to be 15 minutes long. If you've ever seen Usher perform, you know he's still one of them ones. Vocally, he's dancing. And I, I got a feeling um, two extra minutes he negotiated is probably so he could change into the skates. Because if you've ever seen Vegas Residency, you know he got a, a segment with it. Your man's just skating and singing. And like, come on, who's who's doing it like that? Like, so I, at some point, I feel like he's going to change into skates. Um, what other predictions can we have? What what songs, what what song do you think Usher will start it with? Let's just keep it there. What song do you could you see him kicking off the halftime show with once them lights go out? Actually, it's gonna be on the West Coast time, so it's still gonna be daylight out. 
So it's not going to really hit the same. But what song do you think Usher is going to start it with? Uh, I'm not really sure what song he would actually start. What's the song? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Oh, my God. I maybe starting it off with that because you know it's like oh my God I am <laughs> I'm here lining this I have time I'm here uh, in the Super Bowl I'm playing like oh <clears throat> my gosh That's and I it. I say yeah I feel like yeah is even though that's like his one of his like biggest I feel yeah to kick it off once you hear that dun, 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 like they that's epic that's epic. And um, so I feel, I feel, yeah. Um, someone listening to say caught up with a question mark and they feel he'll end with yeah. Okay. Um, so now predictions on who you think he might bring out. Do you have any ideas? There was rumors that Alicia Keys was seen rehearsing with him. So that's kind of like a cat out the bag. Alicia Keys going to be there for my boo. Um, I could imagine Usher, John and Lute about to do it again with um yeah lovers and friends and yeah and stuff who anybody else who you could see him possibly bringing out again nah only only going with the rumors that have have been put out there like what you just mentioned who you just mentioned yeah okay yeah i don't think any other that's my mention that's definitely um even though jermaine I'm trying to think if vocally he's on any of the Usher songs. I think he does like hype man type ad libs on, on something. I can't remember what song that is, but if anything, he could be up there as like on the, on the uh, turntables or something like fake DJ or something. My way. He was a hype man. Yeah. I knew he knew he was a hype man on one of them songs. I just couldn't think of which song. So my way, but so I, he could be, he could be on the stage. I, he could be, he could be. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, all, everything else is going to be a surprise, but definitely we're hearing Alicia, um, definitely Luda and, and, um, Usher. I mean, Luda and, uh, Lil John, definitely. Um, I feel like Usher's going to sprinkle in some, something new in there. He just got this new album that he put out. People who only usually typically do their hits for this time. Cause you know, you, you got a 30 year career that you're cramming into 15 minutes now. So you're going to do like 45 seconds of this, a minute of this, a minute of that. So I feel like he's going to try to throw something, something new in there. Maybe that new song he got with the, the Korean pop star, um, June cook, something like that. His name is, yeah, they got that new song. So he's from the what's the, I would get BTS. I, I think. would say B2K. <laughs> <laughs> the other Bs. The uh other but B's. yeah, 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 yeah. He um I, I feel like he might throw that in there. That's a pretty popular song these days. Um so yeah, yeah. Regardless, nonetheless, it's gonna be an epic spectacle. I was uh fortunate enough to go see him in Vegas, and that's why I'm able to confidently say. Your man's puts on the show. If you don't know, now you know. And if you're watching this on YouTube and the Super Bowl already happened, I'm just going to go out and say, 
Usher bodied it. Like that was, it was the most epic halftime show. <laughs> I would just say that. Um, someone said also, Kiki Palmer. Hmm, that would be, oh. that would be an interesting highlight. They do got a song where she's in the music video for Boyfriend. Hmm, that would be interesting. Would someone be said interesting. Chris Brown just as a surprise. <laughs> I don't really see. I don't really see him bringing Chris. I don't really see him bringing Chris. He do got a song with Beyonce though. Beyonce did the Super Bowl how many times now? I mean, what? hey, oh. I mean, what if mm. what if B come out? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we shall see. We shall. We shall see. <laughs> I also must say, going back to the. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you. You know, no, you, you hyped about the uh, halftime show, but this actually this Super Bowl, uh, the game itself is like a rematch. Honestly, when I think oh, about it, is. it because okay. the the 49ers and and the Chiefs also met in the Super Bowl four years ago, mm. and the I want to say the Chiefs came from behind to win. Okay, they won the game thirty one twenty, I believe, was okay. the score. And it came from behind the win. So this is a rematch of sorts. So okay. uh, maybe 49ers are coming with a vengeance this time. So not in addition to them being an underdog, underdogs. Yeah, it would okay. be. Yeah. yeah. Good, and they are, I, I believe they're favored to win. I, I believe so, too. All right. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl um, and the teams, Travis Kelsey was hot in these blogs moving on for because of an article New York Times pulled put out that said that Travis Kelsey um reinvented revolutionized made popular again <laughs> the fade and it said something like not since Jennifer Aniston has a hairstyle become so popular how barbers across the world are being bombarded inundated they said with requests for the Travis Kelsey. When I first read that article, bruh, I, that, that blew mine. That blew mine for the whole month. Cause I'm like, what? <laughs> like the Travis Kelsey, like, <laughs> do y'all not know what a fate is? Like, do y'all not like, but that just what made, what made me tight. And I posted videos about this on my, my Instagram. Maybe we'll <laughs> post, put it in here or something. But what made me tight the most is historically mainstream publications do this historically they take things that were or are from black culture and when a white person or someone rocks it or wears it they put them as the the person who is popularizing it and it's like a big deal now because someone's wearing xyz so when you think of bo derrick that movie she was in she had those braids with the beads and and the the cornrows yeah, the, the, the post about it the media at the time the bo derrick braids and now all these women are getting the bo derrick braids and it's like what <laughs> <laughs> like and and then more recently it was the um they had it with the so-called boxer braids where you get the two braids back i think 
Kim Kardashian, I think, may have rocked them one day. And then it was like, oh, this new trend, the boxer braids. And it's like, what? So that that just blew my and made me upset because it happens time and time again. Yeah. You know, they're like, I don't know. And it's going to continue What's to happen. Up? Like, why? Yeah. Like, what? So, well, yeah, I guess. So that blew my Travis Scott even knew. I keep saying Travis Scott, Travis Kelsey, Travis even, Kelsey. <laughs> even knew <laughs> what was up and knew it was wrong when they asked him about it. You know, he's doing his press for the Super Bowl and they asked him about the New York Times article. And he basically said, like, it's, it's ridiculous. He said he wants no parts of it. He pointed out the fact that they posted this article on February 1st, the first day of Black History Month. He said, and to post this on February 1st to throw me to the wolves like that is is wow. He said, I want no part to that. He admitted I did not create or reinvent the fade. He said, I just asked for it. And like, y'all got to do better. Y'all got to do better. And part of me feel like it was intentional, like the timing of it always it's I feel always it was intentional. intentional like it was yeah. an intentional disrespectful a this intentional way to be disrespectful yeah and not only that i feel like it's always intentional one and two it's always about at the end of the day it's about the money because yeah. they know that there's a huge following uh for travis kelsey right mm-hmm. just as it is with the taylor swift situation and they make this spe- spectacle of the relationship anything involving travis kelsey anything involving taylor swift they make this huge spectacle of it because they know that huge following is going to go out and spend the money it takes to obtain whatever it is that travis kelsey is putting out and or taylor swift is putting out from mm-hmm. our our counterparts our white counterparts and so yeah, it's about the money at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, but it the, it is major, major disrespect. Yeah, it's super disrespectful. It's like y'all just just forget any contributions that that black people make. Um, when y'all when y'all do things like that, it's like saying f f that. Like, and you got people that may not be aware of the history. Of, of the fade or of the whatever and just trusting what you you are reporting and it's just as wild. I got to do better. Do better. Someone said commerce indeed. Article clicks and barbers are making money from this whole Kelsey thing. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, this guy know I'm gonna try to pull up his uh his comment real quick. Um he's probably the closest um friend I have who's who happens to be white. <laughs> and <laughs> he commented on my post about um Travis Kelsey and I want to point out what he said i'm pulling it up right now um he said when i got when i got a fade back in the day my uncle who was a marine at the time called it a high and tight 
He said, also, when I moved upstate from Queens and asked for a fade from the local barber, he had no idea what I was talking about. A friend who was visiting from Queens had to take the clippers and show him what to do. He said, a fade is not a crew cut. And it's facts. Like, it is what it's it facts. is. Like, stop yeah. trying to make it seem like it's something else. Like, and, and that was because people was trying to say, like, oh, this haircut was um, started in the 40s and 50s and the, right. the military. And the military. It was like, and it's like, we know they weren't fading in the military. Cut it they out. Simply sitting them in the chair and Cut taking the, the clippers out. and running across the head. Nobody was fading in the Or military. the scissors. Like, like, or the scissors. <laughs> like, come on. Come like, on. Please I, stick I, to I, the scissors that you're used to. TLC said, don't go chasing. Please stick to the super cuts and the scissors that you're used to. No. Right. Because um, you can't even fade on white boy's head anyway. Like, <laughs> I mean, nowadays they be they be doing it. They be they be making it work, but it ain't what um y'all ain't invent that's not what they was doing then. Like someone said well, white they- people have different texture here, it won't even won't even look like ours. Right, it won't. Yeah, it's facts. And and they were called those, those were called buzz cut buzz yeah. cuts, I believe, back then. Anyway, like yeah, uh, when you went into the uh, military, those yeah. were buzz cuts. Or like like my uh, friend here said, the high and tight. They called it <laughs> the high and tight. <laughs> like stop playing with stop playing with us. Um, but yeah. So let's move on. Um, last but not least, uh, what's hot in these blogs? The Grammys happened last week. And after Jay-Z got his award, he was, uh, during his acceptance speech, he basically voiced his frustration about the of recording academy in general. And basically saying, like, hopefully y'all, we just want y'all to get it right. Like, we love y'all, but we just want y'all to get it right. And he pointed out the fact that Beyonce has the most awards in the history of the Grammys and has never won album of the year. And he's like, to y'all own metrics, that doesn't make sense. In a nutshell, the math isn't mathing. Like, um, Beyonce was, I want to say, three times nominated in that category i could be wrong i remember personally three times it may have been more but i remember three times beyonce was in that um category and she lost all three times and i feel like she was robbed all three times uh the first time i want to say she lost to beck um the second time she lost to adele and the third time she lost to, uh, what's the, the the skinny guy name? The white guy, uh, the pop star. Um, Harry Styles? Harry Styles, yeah. Um, so it's like something something so, ain't, <laughs> something kind of, the math something ain't math in here. Something so according to, according to what I pulled up, she was nominated 2010 for I'm Sasha Fierce. 2015 for Beyonce, 2017 for Lemonade, and 
So it was four times. Okay. So it was four times. Okay. So I only remember the three. I don't remember who she lost to for the Sasha Fierce, if that was the Beck time or if it was the self-titled Beyonce time. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, some, somebody said something in the milk ain't clean. It's true. It's true. So, so um, you, you, you were right. All of them, all of the people you mentioned is who she lost to. She lost to Taylor Swift. Uh, then she lost her back. Then she lost to Adele. And oh, so Taylor was the fourth Harry one. Uh, I, Taylor I mean, was the first one. Yeah. Taylor was the first one. So well, the fourth was... person, because I only remember three. So oh, she yeah. was the fourth yeah. person, but she was actually the first one she lo- he lost to. She okay. lost to, correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So um what I read this article. Um, it was an opinion piece by a guy named Jarvis DeBerry on for MSNBC. And it, it stuck out to me and it actually brought up a, a good uh, a good question. So he was basically saying Jay-Z's speech was bigger than Beyonce even. And I agree. He said his speech was a call to tear down the walls, dividing music. Um, he said to focus exclusively on Jay-Z's belief that his wife has been snubbed is to miss a far more important point about the Grammys. Um, other award shows, music, the music industry as a whole. Within his speech, he indirectly called attention to a big reason award shows such as such as the Grammys will always leave many artists, particularly black ones, feeling some sort of resentment. The awards are based on the fallacy that music should be categorized. And it's hard, if not impossible, to categorize music in a way that doesn't make tired assumptions about the people recording it or the people presumed to be listening to it. Um, He references the late composer Harold Baptiste, who um, Harold worked with um, like Ike and Tina, Sam Cooke, Sonny and Cher, just to name a few. He said the only Harry Harold Baptiste said the only reason to divide music into categories is to know where to look for it in a record store. Record stores hardly exist anymore, but award shows still follow their model and decide, for example, that a certain artist is R&B, another is pop, another is country, rock, hip hop. Why does this matter for superstars like Beyonce? And there's a bunch of other artists who right now are boycotting the Grammys. Drake is one. Um, There's a few others that's boycotting it for this very reason. Some artists feel they are miscategorized. Um, And 2020, Tyler, the creator, he won the Grammy for best rap album. And during that, he said, it sucks that whenever we, and I mean guys that look like me, do anything that's genre bending, they always put it in a rap or urban category. Billie Eilish second that. And she did an interview with uh, British GQ. She agreed with Tyler. And she said, don't judge an artist off of the way someone looks or how someone dresses. Wasn't Lizzo in the best R&B category that night? She said, I mean, she's more pop than I am. Billie Eilish said, look, if I wasn't white, I probably wouldn't be. She said, if I wasn't white, I would probably be in rap. Just because I'm a white teenage female, I am pop. She said, where am I pop? What part of my music sounds like pop? Another reason why it matters to artists like Beyonce and Drake and the ones who feels away um, is because 
The pop and rock categories are apparently more reliable launching pads for an album of the year. Um, for an album of the year when black artists won't necessarily be included in those categories, even if the music they are making fits in those categories. Um, this article points out in 1985, the AMAs, the American Music Awards, just in that one year alone, they had categories like black male, uh, black album, Prince won When Doves Cry for black single, Purple Rain he won for black album, Lionel Richie won for black male. And it wow. was only that year in 1985. And the next year after that, they went back to what it's been in uh, 1984, the two years prior. And I don't know if they was just testing it out or whatever, but they went back to like, you know, soul, R&B, you know, shit like that. But mm -hmm. in a nutshell, when you think of rap, the rap category or urban this or urban that, they're basically saying black at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> he, this yeah. person, um, uh, Jarvis DeBerry, in his opinion piece, he said it's it would be foolish to think that because race isn't explicitly in the names of the categories that it doesn't remain yes. foremost in the minds of the people who assign artists to various musical categories he said beyonce is huge some white might even say boundless but she seems to have been assigned to the black female black single black album categories um he points to jay-z's speech the part where he said some of you don't belong in a category. He said, while that is true, it's even more true to say that the categories themselves don't belong. Don't belong. Yeah. It begs, it, and that, when I read the, this opinion piece, it begs the question for me, should the Grammys and award shows get rid of categories altogether or just revamp how they are compiled? That's Let's something do it both. to think about. Let's do both. I mean, as a creative, no, cre no creative wants to be boxed in. So when you're boxing this art, these artists into these quote unquote categories or genres that you've created, which is just created just to still keep the division, right? So that they mm -hmm. know who's who, meaning yeah. us, blacks, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we keep them on one side, we keep them, yeah. you know, in their respective places where they should be. And then we'll have, who, who needs to be our white quantum parts in these other areas. Right. So yeah, let's just do away with it all. Let's do away with and it And it's all. like, you should judge the music based on the music, not the artist that's singing it or whatever. Like if, if I'm a rapper, if I do a country song, put that in a country category. Like I'm not just a, a rapper or urban, whatever, just cause I'm black. Um, someone said urban means black America creates a different name for the same thing like Jim Correct. Crow versus new Jim Crow or Jim Crow and war on drugs aka new Jim, new Jim Crow um, black and urban yeah black and urban go hand in hand yes yeah um, so another thing that this article kind of brought into question for me is the voting process for the the grammys with the recording academy so apparently 
I learned it's like 16,000 members. It's some like, you know, wild number like that of the amount of members. And they basically, their, their job is to listen to the music, at least like a minute of it or something. And then they determine what, not only what category it goes in, but once it's in the category, then they determine who, who, what they like best out of who's in that category, right? So okay. when you got an album like, um, I mean, a category like album of the year, which is the most coveted award of the night that everybody wants, it covers all genres, is the one category that you're going to have the pop and the rock and everybody in there. They probably low-key take one from each thing. I never really paid attention to it like that, but um, it's going to cover all genres. So these people are voting for who they feel should take home um, album of the year. And my thing is, similar to politics, you probably have people that campaign to win. And not like on, in public like they do in politics, but they may be behind the scenes. They may be emailing somebody. They may be making phone calls to other members in the recording academy like, yo, like, let's, let, let's, let's make this Harry Jair. Like, come on, like, da-da-da. They might be really back there, like, campaigning. And then you also, like politics, probably got some people who don't utilize their vote at all. I don't know how they get these things mailed, if they're mailed to them, if they're emailed and they're just clicking the button to vote. But some people probably not voting either. So that's another issue similar to politics, where it's like you ain't utilizing your vote. How you expect X, Y, Z to win? So I I actually... You 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 you're onto something with with that because I was listening to a, one of our local radio stations here and uh, the, the the disc jockey there said that in addition to uh, Matthew Knowles's uh, explanation of what happened there it was said to be that there is some campaigning done done and that she reached out the disc jockey reached out to someone and they had said to her that. Uh, they responded saying, like, for instance, for Killer Killer Matt, Killer Mike, I think it's Killer name? Mike, yeah. Killer Mike, Killer Mike had to campaign. Uh okay. this is what this person told the dish jockey. He had to campaign. And so I was struck with the question as well, like campaign. Like, why does he have the campaign to in order to possibly win a Grammy? And so I then go back to Matthew Knowles' explanation, where he said that. If you're if a label has two or three individuals on the label who are vying for this coveted prize, mm-hmm. that the label can only support and or get behind right one of the candidates, and like you right. alluded it to be, being very similar to our government system, right, where we have someone running, we have three candidates running for X Y Z, but we can only get behind one, right? Only one makes it to the ballot. And right. so he he was saying only one artist can can make it, only one artist can can garner the label's support. And so if we have an Adele and a Beyonce on the same level, it's only one of those individuals that they're going to be able to actually support, and within this campaign. So my question was like, okay, well, does the label 
so within their campaigning for this one artist that they're they're jumping behind, they're all you know rallying behind to to get this coveted prize. In their campaigning, are they are they reaching out to the academy members to say, hey, we, we would love your support, we would love your vote for Adele. We really appreciate mm-hmm. what what goes yeah, into this possible. campaigning process. Like, are we are we promising things? Like, what is it that will allow that gets my vote at the end of the day for this particular artist? Especially if I'm I'm tasked with listening to their their music. And he said that something like it, they only get to listen to like a minute of the music, right? Or something and that's like to that. determine what category it goes. Yeah, to determine to what like category yeah. goes on. So. Even in that, I'm only listening to a, a minute of the song to determine what category we're putting it in. Then what else goes into me determining if you are indeed, how, how am I recognizing or uh, acknowledging your whole body of work? Yeah. Right. For album of the year. For album of the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, it's, it's, I got lots of questions. Yeah. Um, regarding it, someone said they definitely do the Oscars campaign. In fact, the Color Purple viewing, um, uh, Color Purple viewing that they went to was to influence people to vote for them into the Oscars. That's definitely, that makes sense too, because you've seen it. I'm sure you see billboards around or even commercials and it'd be like for your consideration. I always wonder like, what is that exact, like who are y'all talking to? But I guess they are talking to the voting members for your consideration, X, Y, Z, Black Panther, yes. whatever, you know, we, I yes. see the ads all the time, usually for the, for the movies, for the Oscars, it's say for your consideration. We don't yeah. see it too much in music, but it's happening and it's happening behind the scenes. And 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 also too to that we we still got to know that uh there's the unfair aspect of it where they may not the the powers that be the politics behind it they may not want Beyonce to win album of the year for whatever reason their own personal reasons and for that reason, go even harder to campaign against her winning. Despite her having this masterpiece of an album, this complete body of work, and there's that. So, yeah. Ultimately, I think it all comes back to what? And I don't like to play the race car, as they say. <laughs> I mean, but sometimes we gotta call the sometimes spade spade. the car is the cart and the spade I mean, is the spade. The spade is a spade. It is what I, it is. I mean, we do know that <laughs> all of this, right, is based on your own opinion, right? So it's subjective, of course. Right. But at the end of the day, when I'm looking at the math, the numbers, and I'm looking at her being nominated four times, and in each of these four times, it always have been our white counterparts that have has taken the coveted prize mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I've listened to these people's body of work. And we we say that, oh, it's supposed to be, I've heard some people say, well, how impactful was it, right? Well, that in itself is subjective because what may be impactful to you may not be impactful to me, right? So right. how do we come <clears throat> about, how do you come about this 
and I don't, I'm assuming it's unanimous, uh, right? Well, it could be majority. Yeah, uh, majority. Decision to say that, hey, this this individual has the most, if we're going to say it's impactful, the most impactful body of work that we will deem it album of the year. And you, and you also got to think that because it's subjective, that some people don't even listen to certain types of music. Some Correct. people don't even like certain artists just because we, we heard a story of someone saying they didn't like Usher and it's like, for what reason? Right. So imagine that person being in the Academy, they might not vote for Usher because they just don't like him for don't whatever like reason. Him. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you got a whole uh, let's just take the country artists, for example, who you may have some of them in there who hates hip hop who hates R&B, who don't even bother to even give it a time of day, who look at Beyonce like, she ain't no God. Like, people always, like, thinking she the, S- the S-H-I-T and she ain't nothing, da-da-da. Like, I don't like her, blah, blah, blah. And for that reason, purposely is not going to vote for her. Nope. And it's not, it, it doesn't make it uh, a fair assessment of the art and uh, the body of work. Because it's subjective, I don't like country. So if I'm looking at a category, I'm not saying that I don't like country. I like country. But if I don't like yeah. country and I'm looking at a category that has a, a R&B, a pop, a country, a blah, 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 I'm not going to vote for that country album. I'm not even going to give it a time of day because I don't like country. Like, You're right. So it's, it's no different. And 16,000 members, we... And it's the pairs, right? So it's the the it's other artists, um, and other like executives, I guess. So it's just maybe they need a new voting system. Maybe that. Maybe that. Maybe they need maybe a that. new way to 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 determine these things. Maybe they need to. I don't know. I was about to say I shrink mean, it, <laughs> to, but then that <laughs> that even would possibly get get corrupted. Well, like you said, to your point, if if I don't, let's say I don't vote, and it, this is very reminiscent to our our own voting system, right? If I don't, if I don't vote, if I don't cast a vote, that's still a vote for the other person who right. don't, who whose whose people are going to vote for them, right. essentially, right? right. Because regardless. that's still regardless, that's garnering more votes for them because that individual's uh, people are going to vote. So if I don't vote at all then the potential of my person of Beyonce in this in this uh, scenario doesn't get enough votes to mm-hmm. get the album of the year so yeah 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 hey you make a great point you make a great point <clears throat> so <sighs> it's a, yeah. it's it's bigger questions to have it's it's a bigger discussion to have and <clears throat> we got to we got to uh figure it out my 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 conclusion before i get to that someone said remember when diane warren criticized beyonce via twitter for having 20 writers on one song on renaissance she had to apologize others may feel the same absolutely 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 perfect example and feeling like nah we she don't write she don't even write her own stuff i'm not voting for yeah yeah and um well, on the other hand, we have a, a Taylor Swift and a uh, Adele who, right. you know, they pour right. their heart and soul right. out into their songs. Right. They write their songs. On, they're right. the only writers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, my my conclusion to this and what I feel we need to do is stop chasing these that awards. Part. We need that to part. we need to go where we're accepted. Go where we're um which respected respected go where we're appreciated NAACP. yeah aka right like we, yes. we we got award shows like that who is specifically celebrating us and you got these big name artists that don't even show up and go there and right. you might get album of the year at the NAACP awards I, I love or that B. Monique during her um <clears throat> Shannon Sharp interview she looked at the NAACP awards as even greater than the Oscar even like she was like it, it felt so good to get that award and I just want us as a people to get to that like the Soul Train Awards used to be a big deal like yeah. growing up it was like yeah. one of them ones like yo can't wait started out and now the Soul Train Awards probably get like 10,000 viewers or something like it's like nobody goes there anymore and these are the shows that's really giving you your flowers we're going to their award shows who was predominantly white and expecting them to give us the same like respect when when have they ever right when like, will we ever judge stop. with the same stick in the same like uh manner like you got to do backflips and to get the same respect as somebody just standing there doing nothing. Like, so I, I that's my resolve to this. Can we please, this is my, my, uh, my campaign to Hove and Beyonce directly. I want to see you at the NAACP awards. Like it would be so dope to see y'all in there. Y'all got the power and influence to make a show um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, like, but has just she been there before? more and like, yeah, yeah. She's, okay. she's been there before, but it's like, we go to the, Os not Oscars, but we go to the Grammys every year. We go to yeah. the AMAs yeah. every year. We go to like yeah. these other shows every time we're, we're nominated. And why did we stop going? to the NAACP because it's been a few years now yeah like, no, I agree with you so y'all got the power to you know influence and sh show up they even used to uh be at the BET awards all the time and that's yeah, when no, the BET awards was like it was like again lit one of them shows where like yeah we want to we need to see and we still watch but we just need to show up more for our things. For our people, right. This is created for us, by us. So let, let's let's attend that BET award, like all of that. Like, yeah, no, I agree. I think we still seeking this, this validation, like this, mm -hmm. this acceptance among, you know, our white counterparts. Yeah. Like if they don't accept us, if they don't acknowledge us, then we, we don't have the talent in which we've been given gifted by god we don't have that if they don't see it and it's like no like no enough of that enough of that that's why we have like you said our own shows that's recognized by us that we we see you and do you notice how sometimes it's because i the naacp is usually after right 
isn't it usually after those? Oh uh, yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. So you see how like if they don't recognize our people, we're definitely recognized at the as at the NAACP. And then you see, you know, hey, such and such, such and such is winning X this. This person is nominated for this. This person, and we're like, dang, yes, we got it at the NAACP. So it's like, yeah. like you said, why not? Let's just go ahead and Let's truly, truly support that, like we yeah. should. Like yeah. if you're not nominated, that's one thing. Don't show up. You don't have to, but when you're you nominated, show up. Be there. Show yeah. up. Show up. Yeah. It it, it kind of makes people feel like certain people don't show up unless they're they know they're gonna win. Unless they're gonna win, right? Yeah. But it's like show up. Like get back to that that if you care, right? If you and it seems you do, right? So it's like if you care to win, show up. Show up. Show up. Show up. Show up. Um, but I like I like that, like how artists like Drake, who's one of the ones that's like boycotting the Grammys or whatever. Um, and the reason why, and Drake posted in his uh stories after the Grammys this year, and he said, All of you incredible artists remember this show isn't the facts. It's just the opinion of a group of people who names are yep. kept a secret. Literally, yep. you can Google it. He said, congrats to anybody winning anything for hip hop, but this show doesn't dictate shit in our world. And it's true. It doesn't true. make it's you or break you. Right. You're still, if you are one of them ones, you're, it doesn't make you no different. I think Miley Cyrus said that during her acceptance speech. Like, like She did. I'm I was great yesterday. I'm I'm yep. gonna be great tomorrow. Like this, don't don't put it all on this. And please don't. And I get it. Like you want to fight the fight to be like for fairness and, and acceptance and all of that, equality, whatever. But when you're getting disrespected time and time again, what they say, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that saying? Like the definition of insanity. Doing the, doing the same thing and expecting over and over a again, different results. Result. Yep. Four times they played in Beyonce's face. Four times. All up in Four times. And, and I could say that confidently because the work speaks for itself. Right. We're not just being biased. Like, who put out an album like the way, the way Lemonade was out? Who, who put out an album the way Renaissance was was put together and complete like it was so meticulous and thought out like come on and then even the impact of it like what album had as big of impact as that setting off a firestorm of trends you got yeah. a whole like situation going on where people are dressing a certain way to go to the show and like, it's just, the impact is insane. Like if that doesn't constitute album of the year, like what, what does, what does? So uh, someone said Diana Ross never won a Grammy and she truly moved the culture, influenced Beyonce. That says a lot. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Marvin Gaye wrote one of the most prolific albums ever, never won a Grammy for it. Only won one Grammy for sexual healing. That mm. that that's subjective <laughs> thing. Yeah, but but still is, doesn't is diminish like, the gift. That's what I'm saying. You they didn't win these these 
these so quote unquote coveted awards that, but that didn't diminish their gift. Yeah, no. And so no. why do why we have to stop putting so much emphasis yeah. on getting this? We have you know? to. We have yeah. to. Just continue to be great. You you are you are one of the ones. You're definitely still gonna go down in history. You're as one of the greatest to ever do it. Right. And um keep that same energy. Like like Hove mentioned in his song, uh that year he was nominated for eight and took home zero. He put in his song to the Grammys, F that over O for H. Right? Like right. Let's, let's keep that energy. Like yeah yeah until they until they start putting respect until you do right by me <laughs> <laughs> like yeah let's 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 uh show up where we're, where we're appreciated and not where we're tolerated <laughs> someone pointed out hove made a statement drinking out of the grammy yeah he did that um the last time he won too i don't know if it was the last time he won but he, this was like the second time he drunk out of the grammy it's a sippy cup yeah, that's what I think about your yeah, brain. <laughs> yeah, sippy cup. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that concludes uh, our thing for this week. What's hot in these blogs? Um, last but not least, let's get into what blows mine. Normally, for the past couple of weeks, I have been chilling on what blows mine. I've been kind of like falling back on like, no, I ain't really got nothing. Um, today I got something and it, it was, uh, something I seen this morning, uh, a comedian who, while performing at some comedy show called the, or comedy club called the funny bone. I don't even know where this is, where it's at. His name is David Lucas. He's a, a black comedian and he was on that stage and he was basically making light of and making jokes out of George Floyd and George Floyd losing his life um, at the hands of the police and being kneeled on for over eight minutes. He made a joke that said, um, what did, what did it say? I'm trying to remember the exact um, something about and you want to show them the reason why George Floyd got his neck nailed on. And the, the crowd was like, oh, like it, it was kind of like taken aback. And then he said something like, I wouldn't have nailed on him. I would have shot him instead. Is what he said. And you had. He he and the, the what makes it worse is prior to him setting the, to set this joke up, he took um note of the audience and was basically like, I'm not gonna waste all of these good white folks in here. He literally said this out of his mouth and then proceeds to make these jokes about George Floyd. And you had people in the audience, some of the black people in attendance that called him out literally called him out like, nah, you're going too far. And some of them actually walked out of the comedy club. And he's still going on like, like it's just jokes like da 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 and doubling down on what he's saying about George. And it's like, that really, that really blew my, cause it's like, that was a asshole move 
And you are David Lucas, one phone call, one 911 call away from being nilt on yourself. Like you in here trying to pander to this crowd, making jokes about somebody who lost their life. Like it was, it was super uh, distasteful and disrespectful. On all levels. And yeah. this is a black comedian. Black comedian with this, wow. this thick neck that imagine you getting your thick neck kneeled on. Wow. Wow. Asshole. Um, so yeah, I uh, fast shouts to the, the the people in the crowd who called him out and left too, like walked out. Cause that was that was that was wrong. That was low. And yeah, that blew my. That blew mine. Um, let me see what else. If I have anything else that blows mine. Do you have anything that blows yours? Oh, I like yourself, it, there's yeah. always uh, where I, there's many things throughout the day or days that you like, oh, this irks me, this gets under my nerves, this blows mine. And when it comes time to really name one, <laughs> you can't think yeah. of what it is. But ultimately, I can. I'm I'm so speechless about what you just said about this comedian. Mm -hmm. I guess that will be what blows my is where we don't when we don't consider others. Mm -hmm. When we, we all are individuals who have different experiences in life. But what does it take for me not to, one, have an understanding for what you may have experienced at any given time? It doesn't take much for me to open my mind and my eyes and ears to see and or hear and or think about what it is that you've experienced and that you're voicing. It doesn't take much. For yeah. any individual to do that. And I think that's what blows my mind that people are so incapable or they, they, they make themselves not capable of understanding others and their experiences. And I think we would be such, such a better place if we could, because we're all human. We all have or could be in that same position and or situation that the next individual is in. Again, my mother used to always say, when you think that you've got it bad, there's somebody who has it even worse. Yeah. So how can I discount or disregard what you've experienced in life or what when, Exactly. And especially in his case, being that you are a black man yourself, like I said, you one phone call away from being in that position of being mistreated or you know, by the police or killed or even. killed. So it's right. like, it's just, it is, yeah. it, it was, it wasn't, that's not a good look. Um, it wasn't a good look at all. It wasn't a good look. 
it wasn't a good look. Um, <clears throat> all right, uh, one more thing I got that blows mine, and then we're gonna wrap this thing on up. Another thing that blows mine is Gen Z's who look at the 30s as being old. <laughs> like, what? Yo, I seen a post. I seen a post. You know how we've we've seen posts like this before where it'll say like such and such actor didn't get his first movie role till he was 48 or um, such and such didn't start their business until they were 50. Such and such didn't start this or do this until they were like 40 something, 50 something. You know, we've seen those posts and, and it, the point is basically, you know, it's never too late to like start over to like make a change in your career to do anything to blah, blah, blah. I seen a post the other day set up the same exact way, but it said such and such started their first business at 33. Such and such started they this at 36. <laughs> blah, blah, blah at 37. And, and I was like, wait, like the 30s is old now? <laughs> like since when? When I was in my young early 20s or teens even, I don't recall looking at the 30s as being old. I don't ever recall that, but Gen Zers look at 30s as old. I seen a post today, this morning, uh, Carisha, Young Miami, celebrating her 30th birthday. Someone in the comments said, Carisha's only 30? That makes me feel good about my age. It's like, what? <laughs> Who? What? That is really wild to me that the 30s is considered old by Gen Zers. As a millennial, that's wild. That's wild to me. That's wild to me. It's Someone probably said, they oh, think they're going to be their age forever. But it's just, <laughs> it's just crazy, though. Like, even I, at this day and age, you, you see things that's like 40 is the new 30, 50 is the new 40, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't even look at 50 as old. And you got 20 somethings years old looking at 30s as life over. Oh my God, I'm about to be 30. I've seen so many posts like, oh my God, it's over. It's like, bruh, if you only knew. But if you think about it, a lot of the Gen Zers are doing things to themselves that somebody their age wouldn't even do until their 40s mm -hmm. and 50s and stuff like <laughs> what I'm saying and, and in terms of like doing things to their face and with the whole thing with the fillers and yeah. and Botox and so forth so it's like you're doing all these things and your body isn't even done I mean right, it hasn't right, even right. started you're still morphing you're still becoming and they're trying to preserve life or looks right. before it's and, even time and for to it. that so, point I don't know what was in the water or anything, but I ain't gonna hold y'all. A lot of millennials got Gen Zers with with looks and and looking younger than they are. We've we see people that's like in high school looking like grown ass adults, and it's like that, that sixteen yeah. ain't the same sixteen when I was in school. It ain't. 
Like, what what are y'all doing? Like, they're looking well, so much older. There's a popular I, guy, real quick. There's a popular guy on you on um Instagram and TikTok. His name is Jordan something. And he's like 26 years old. And your man's no disrespect, Jordan. He looks like he's like 50. And it's like, what is happening? What were you going to say? No, but I attribute that, that whole where they look older, because they do, you, you, you know, a lot like, um, I met this cat uh, not long ago, like two weeks ago, not to get where, but he was only about 23, but I thought this dude was like <laughs> 39, 37. Crazy. Like, that's just how old he looked. But I attribute a lot of that to the foods that we eat. There's so, so many foods that are genetically modified, and I think that's, that's doing a lot to... The bodies that making yeah. them grow up really, really fast. They they develop really, really fast, and yeah, it. I feel like it's aging them to where they do look much older than your what they would say older individual mm-hmm. uh, looks. So and yeah. maybe stress from thinking thirties is old. That too is <laughs> aging you too. <laughs> like. <laughs> Someone said, old is about to get real different now with technology working on de-aging medicine. People may live to 120. When that happens, we are babies. Wow. Someone said, Gen Zers are weird and and obsession with youth is the new thing. Brought on by advertisers. Most people don't fully find themselves into their 40s and 50s. I agree with that. Y'all got to hear that. Y'all got to hear that because... To think 30s is old is like, it was really mind blowing to me. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> but that concludes today's podcast. We're going to get ready to wrap this thing on. Uh, Burrell, I appreciate you for being on today. No problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I always have a good time here at Hollywood and friends. So it's a good thing to be a friend of Hollywood. I'm saying. I'm saying, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, thank you for, for being on and you know, you're welcome anytime, anytime. Um, in the meantime, in between time, be sure to follow us on social media at I am um, at, actually, I'm gonna start with the radio show podcast page, facebook.com slash Hollywood and friends radio and Instagram is at Hollywood and friends. You can follow me on social media at I am Hollywood, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Follow my producer Stacy over here at Hampton Blue Network across all platforms. Just remember BLU is how you spell blue. And if you want to see our faces and not just hear us, youtube.com slash Hampton Blue. And uh, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for t- listening, however you're listening. Appreciate you. And until next time, deuces. Shorty wanna be with the breakers Shorty wanna move from the fakers Shorty with the team like the Lakers
shakers. Said you wanna be with the breakers. Said you wanna move from the fakers. Said you with the team like the Lakers. Feeling like they turned that heat on. <laughs> Running this no cleat on. Yeah. About to put my street on. <laughs> Ghost putting that beat on. Yeah. It's turn up season. Huh. They ain't no compete on. No. You just ain't me, huh? No. You just ain't me, huh? Just touch that form of flight. I hit up ATL. ATL. Stay up in that PL. Must they know me well? Yeah. Yeah. Haters only looking just to see me fail. Nah. Nah. But that is not an option, nigga. Can't you tell? Pulling up two-seater, sure they wanna follow the leader <laughs> Killing shit, Grim Reaper, you niggas might need you a preacher Nah, shorty sure ass on breeder, shaking it like it's on seizure Yeah, this shit so fever, bout to burn a hole in the speaker Sure they wanna move with the shakers, sure they wanna be with the breakers Sure they wanna move from the fakers, sure they with the team like the Lakers Hey, move with the shakers, said you wanna be with the breakers Said you wanna move from the fakers, said you with the team like the Lakers Stuntin' head to toe, oh yeah, you know what's up no, no. Bottle to the head, oh, you don't need no cup need it, nah. 2020 vision, that's the level up yeah, yeah. See me in my zone, so yeah, don't interrupt do it, do it. Feelin' like they turned that heat on <laughs> Runnin' this no cleat on yeah. About to put my street on <laughs> Ghost putting that beat on yeah. It's turn up season huh. They ain't no compete on no. You just ain't me, huh? No. You just ain't me, huh? Got the section lit, it look like what the fuck? What the fuck? And we all getting money, call that Scrooge McDuck. Screw, screw. But this ain't no casino, so don't try your luck. Yeah, yeah. Cause it won't be a DM if we hit you up. Yeah. Shorty wanna move with the shakers. Yeah. Shorty wanna be with the breakers. Yeah. Shorty wanna move from the fakers. Yeah. Shorty with the team like the Lakers. Hey, move with the shakers. Yeah. Said you wanna be with the breakers. Yeah. Said you wanna move from the fakers. Yeah. Said you with the team like the Lakers. Uh, uh. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.